Hello and good afternoon. Welcome to We're Talking Golf, the podcast show where we discuss many of the important golf topics of the day, as well as bringing you guests from around the world of golf. My name is Douglas Maida, and it is my pleasure to be your host for this show. This episode is another in our series that looks at the sport of golf throughout the world. In this series, we have guests from the country in focus, we discuss the growth of the sport, and our guests' personal journey with golf. Today, we return back to Thailand with our very special guest, Ui Virata, or as it is known in Thai, Virata Nirapath Pongporn. Now, if you're not familiar with Thai culture and customs, it's quite common for people in Thailand to give themselves a nickname or to have a loved one provide them with a nickname. Now, the reason for that is many of the Thai names are very long in length and a little bit more difficult to pronounce as such. So in this case, Verada was given the nickname Ui by her brother. Now, if I accidentally confuse you going back and forth between her nickname Ui and her real name Verada, my apologies in advance. Now, Ui was a pioneer in Thai golf for women. She was the first Thai player to ever achieve full membership status on the LPGA Tour. And in doing so, in many respects, she was a tremendous influence for the young girls and boys in Thailand. With her success in North America, she became a closely followed player back home. And that gave the youngsters the chance to see some of the opportunities that golf provided. Verata enjoyed a very successful amateur career in the United States. As a teen, she traveled to Florida, where she joined the Ledbetter Academy, competing in several AJGA events. AJGA is the American Junior Golf Association. She also earned a scholarship to play NCAA Division I golf for Duke University. In her sophomore year, she led the Blue Devils to the national championships over the University of Arizona Wildcats. In addition, she was also the NCAA individual champion, beating out fellow sophomore Lorena Ochoa from the Arizona Wildcats. In her amateur career, Ui Verata also won the 2003 United States Women's Amateur Championship and remains the only Thai player to have accomplished that. Now, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we will chat with Verata about golf in Thailand, her experience as a pioneer for women's golf, and more. So please stay with us. BMW iX is electricity in its ultimate form. An elegant trailblazer that's equal parts power and intelligence. With impeccable interior details, a range of up to 324 miles, and a panoramic moonroof for every shade of luxury. It's 100% electric and 100% BMW. BMW, the ultimate electric driving machine. The new Tour World 757 line from Honma. It's innovation in your hands. It's pure power in your swing. It's Honma tradition meets high tech. Unrelenting research and development and laser focus on performance puts TW757 in the top of today's club design. We've led the industry in carbon technology without sacrificing tradition. 
TW757's carbon slot technology delivers unmatched force at impact. Then, ultra-high speed. When you seek cutting-edge innovation with a direct link to performance, swathed in Honma's legendary Japanese craftsmanship, the answer is Tour World 757. Today's show is being recorded from our studio in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. We are produced by the World of Golf and you can find us on the World Wide Web at www.worldofgolf.org or on our social media channels of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and now on LinkedIn. We are proud to announce that We're Talking Golf has been recognized as one of the top podcasts to follow for LPGA Golf News. Thank you to our listeners that follow us and download our podcasts. Now, back to our show and our host, Douglas Mader. Hi, we're back. Thank you for staying with us. Now, let's get right to our guest. She's joining us via Zoom from Thailand in her hometown of Bangkok. Let's uh, give a big... We're talking golf. Welcome to Varada Nirapath Pongporn. Welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Hello, guys. Swadiha. Thanks so much for having me. Um, this is so great, and I'm honored and glad to be uh, invited here. And first of all, ap- apology for being late in getting back to you guys. I think you guys first reached out to me back in November, but I was so busy raising my, I think at the time, three months old son. So I, Somehow I missed the notification. So thanks again for, for reaching out again. <laughs> oh, no, it's our pleasure. It's our pleasure and quite understandable. We know you, you're you a, a new mom and uh, are experiencing all the joys that go with it. So congratulations to you on that, to you and your husband. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, if you can hear, I can hear him crying right now, but that's okay. His dad's got him. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> you have him well-trained. <laughs> Uh, Varada, tell us a little bit about, um, where you are right now and let's chat a little bit about what's happened to you or what you've been doing since you've retired from professional golf. Well, I'm, I'm in Bangkok, Thailand. As you can see the background, there's, uh, one of my favorite courses, Amata Spring Country Club, uh, in Chonburi, Thailand. Um, I have been back in Thailand for, let's see, probably about 11 years. I think I came back in 2000, at the end of 2010 or beginning of 2011. Um, yeah, I retired and moved right back. It was very bittersweet, I would, I must say, because after all, I spent, um, at the time already 14 years in the U.S. and I was 28 years old then so I spent half of my life um, in the U.S. and it was hard to pack things up <laughs> and sell things away but home was really calling me um, I had spent so much time away from home and I just really wanted to come back and be with my family again we, we it was just my me my mom um, my dad already passed away at the time for about five years and my brother was abroad so just really to come home and for me to be with my mom, my mom to be with me. I think that was what was was needed. Um, but I think it's been it's been great since. Um, uh, yeah, 
if if you want to ask more, <laughs> I could go on and on. <laughs> well, since you've returned to Thailand, um, what have you been up to? Like, did you get right into the natural question is, did you get right into teaching or were you taking a, a mental break away from golf for a period of time or, or what was going on for you? Yeah. Um, I pretty much you, I mean, you hit it right in the nail. Um, I had to take a break and had to reset. I didn't really know at the time if I was going to retire, uh, like forever. I just knew I needed a break. So I came home to reset and I just knew that I just professional golf takes so much, uh, to be successful. And I knew that. And if I wasn't mentally hundred percent, I knew I could do it. So until I would feel that way again, I would never jump right back to it. So I came home and literally uh, stared at the wall <laughs> for two months <laughs> because um, you can imagine, you know, after having been so focused in golf exclusively for 14 years, uh, it's hard to do anything else because you, I, I pretty much devoted myself to, to, to studies and um and golf the two things that that were um, the most important to me so i got my degree from duke university and i did play some years on on the tour and i really didn't have any other experience to be honest so i it was hard to jump right into anything so i had to kind of take my time and see what i might want to do and what opportunities there are there were um People were giving me um, opportunities right away to maybe teach golf or maybe do some club fitting. But those two things really, to me, I I didn't have any experience in that. I I only played my golf. I didn't teach golf before, right? So I um, didn't didn't take those opportunities um, right away. I thought about maybe extending my furthest studies into like the MBA and so I went back and re-studied some math and science and all that um, I did pass the test finally and when it when the time came for ap applying for the program I backed out <laughs> because I just I just didn't believe that that was the thing I really wanted to do I just knew that it was something maybe I, I wanted to do just to pass time so I waited a little bit and then came the the opportunity with Thailand Ladies Golf Association so they they reached out to me and asked me to uh coach their developing girls team and i thought oh this right away i thought this sounds right the right fit for me because i would be leading them into the elite training um which i i was familiar with for so many years um and I knew that these girls had hopes and dreams of, of following similar paths, like uh, playing the AJGA, getting scholarships to college, and maybe one day professional. So it was a similar path that I could really share my, my personal experience with them. So I took that job um, and did it for seven years. <laughs> um, I really couldn't. Uh, it was, it was, how do I say this? It was, um, yeah, I did it for seven years. I couldn't leave until finally 
I found someone to replace me. And then um, I got married, things slowed down a little bit. Um, um, and then, so, okay, the, the, the Thailand Ladies Golf Association opportunity came and I took that right away. That was my first job. I really enjoyed it. I played with the girls. Uh, I worked out with the girls. Um, I really pretty much brought all the aspects of what I was training myself um, to the girls, like nutrition, fitness training, media training, psychology, all of that. So that was really fun. And at the same time, um, I had some opportunities with the media and the um, broadcasting, covering golf as well. Um, with with my renewed energy, I took every every job I was offered. <laughs> um, the Asian Tour Media um, gave uh, offered me a on course comment commentator com commentary job. Um, so I traveled with them for maybe six seven events. That was fun, but I only did it for six seven events because I soon realized that hey wait I I came home because I wanted to be home. <laughs> I, I was tired of the traveling. <laughs> so that job was fun, but it still got me to travel. And the worst thing is I didn't get to play golf. <laughs> um, so that was um, a good experience. And then um, I also had opportunities with Fox, Fox Asia to cover golf Um on the major events like the U.S. Women's Open, the ANA, British Open, if Evian, things like that. Um, so that was nice talking golf in the air conditioned studio. <laughs> um, and then, <clears throat> excuse me, I've also done, which I, I'm still doing today, a local golf TV program. Um, it's called Tee Off. Uh, so I teach teach the uh, five-minute section um, on the program, which I'm, I'm still doing. So like I said, I with my renewed energy, I pretty much took on everything. I was working seven days a week. Um, I got married in 2015, and I was still traveling so much that my, my husband decided to get a, a chihuahua to keep him company, <laughs> which I, whom I love very much. I mean, both the husband and the dog. <laughs> And then um, I was really busy until COVID hit, really. Um, COVID, and I started, I feel like it was time that I needed to start um, having, extending our family, you know. So I finally was successful in um, bearing my child in 2021. Um, so my life has really changed upside down. Um, I was from working seven days a week to now being home um, seven days a week, working still, but on my son. <laughs> uh, does your husband play golf? Yeah, he loves golf. I think he plays more golf than me right now. <laughs> I have maybe, I've maybe played two rounds of 18 holes in the last 10 months, and he's played at least one round a week. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Wow. Uh, when you came back, did you, I mean, back to Thailand, how long was it before you decided to pick up the clubs and play again? Um, well, I did, um, my, my job with Thailand Ladies Golf Association, I had to play with the girls. 
So it wasn't long, but, but I, I found it so much more fun. I wasn't stressing over the three footers. I, I could just show up to the course and, and grab a tee and a ball and just go, you know, instead of you know, sweating one hour before the round and stressing whether today was going to turn out good. I mean, yeah, it was more fun. Golf was more fun. Did you notice that you played better when you didn't have that kind of pressure? Uh, just a question. Absolutely. Really? <laughs> Absolutely. And of course, if I could go back or if my next life, I could do this again, I would teach myself this lesson that, you know, it's as I, I looking back, I realized, I mean, the reason why I didn't last so long on the LPGA was because I was stressing so much. And I, I think it's part of me too. I'm, I'm, quite a warrior <laughs> and uh i think you can't worry yourself you know too much you just have to um try to enjoy and yeah golf is supposed to be played not to be thought right <laughs> very correct very correct yes um yeah. it reminds me of something that uh i heard your compatriot patty tavataniki speaking about at the ANA the year she won uh, two seasons ago mm. and she had been sharing with us in the reporter's tent that she had been working with vision 54 mm. and what I have also worked with them as well um yeah okay what did she say and she was saying about the the emphasis that they were putting on or trying to work with her on was to focus on just enjoying yourself because life goes on um it's not like it's going to be a critical do or die type of situation. It's a matter of learning to put things in perspective, learning how to just, oh, well, that was a bad putt on my part. Just move on. Something to that effect. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. She didn't exactly use that example, but just giving that sort of sentiment about learning to just let things go. And um, it's not that serious and just go out and play one shot at a time and to stay in the moment. Is that something that? Uh, yeah, it, absolutely. I think it is a simple concept, but hard to do for most people. Um, and it is hard to do while you're on the tour and you feel like you're, you have to perform now, you know, and you can't wait because if you don't make the cut this week, you know, you're not gonna, you're gonna lose ground. So all things like this are circling my mind back then and i'm sure a lot of players mind too you just have to do your best to 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 cut all these you know thoughts out and like you were saying go back to things that patty was saying it is a simple concept <laughs> you just really have to clear your mind and try to enjoy the moment and not worrying about the the, the moments ahead um so going back to what i would tell my 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 future self in the next life if i had a chance to do lpga again that um enjoy and don't pressure myself to to do it now um so much early on because i had just joined the tour for one year and i felt like i had to be you know i had to make myself uh successful or i mean like, try to keep my card within my first couple of Tournaments and that I mean that's a lot of pressure to play with and and golf is already hard enough if you put extra pressure like that 
you know, on a world stage where everybody else is so good, it's not going to work. Yeah. Uh, Verada, did you feel any pressure being one of the early, I believe you were the first player from Thailand to actually play on the LPGA. Am I correct in that? Um, I was a technically correct in that I was the first full card member, but there was uh, one other player before me. Her name was is Rasi Galayanamita. Uh, she did play on the LPGA before me uh, on conditional status. Um, so I was the first full card member, but she was um, the first conditional status member. So when you were playing, did you feel additional pressure trying to represent Thailand and put on a good show because you knew people in Thailand were were going to be watching or following you? Absolutely. Um, I think feeling the pressure is, is an understatement. I felt the weight of <laughs> the country on my shoulders. I, I felt like, because I was like there, one of the first one to accept um, uh, sponsorship money. And, and I felt like I had to prove for that money. I mean, my brother was telling me that, hey, don't feel like you have to prove the reason why they gave you money because you have already proven to them. Um, things like that, you know, I, I, I was, uh, it was going through my, my head while I was trying to hit this little white ball. Um, so yes, uh, some extra pressure for sure. And also with me and Rossi being the only tie out there, um, it was a lonely road, I must say. You know, everybody... You know, at on the LPGA, everybody came with their own entourage. You know, your your family, your caddy, your coach, um, your psychologist. I mean, everything is you, you, you. Um, and it was it was hard. It was very testing uh, mentally. Verada, let me ask you this then: around the time you were playing, a couple of years later, there was a couple of players that came by. Uh, onto the LPGA a little bit to compete. Now, they are of half Thai descent. Did you ever get to play with them at all in Thailand or did you know them very well? And I'm talking about Ari and Nari Song. Oh, yeah. Ari and Nari Song, very good friend of mine. Um, friends, I must say, they're twins. <laughs> uh, we grew up together pretty much. Um, they're, they're from Chiang Mai. Um, I'm from Bangkok. Uh, but we did. At when we were about, I was 15, they were 11. Um, we all went to the Ledbetter Academy in Bradenton together. The, the two of them and their brother, Chan Song. Um, uh, so the four of us went to that Ledbetter Academy in Bradenton and their family was really kind to me because my family didn't move over like theirs. So we, we, we were very close. Uh, grew up playing together, competing together. Um, and now Ari is back teaching in, in Thailand and Nari is a coach at Harvard, I think. So in a roundabout way, you've all returned back to Thailand and are doing your parts to help grow the game and develop more generations of Thai players. Yes. Yes. And, and, and we both like, um, what we were saying earlier, we so much enjoy golf and it, we have more laughs 
together on the golf course <laughs> than actually playing golf itself. We play from the red tees. We we give ourselves putts. <laughs> we have so much fun. Oh, that's terrific. That's terrific. Verona, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, I'd like us to get into talking about your background in golf and where we see golf headed in Thailand, if that's all right. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Um, please stay with us. We'll be right back after these messages. BMW iX is electricity in its ultimate form. An elegant trailblazer that's equal parts power and intelligence. With impeccable interior details, a range of up to 324 miles, and a panoramic moonroof for every shade of luxury. It's 100% electric and 100% BMW. BMW, the ultimate electric driving machine. Guinness and Notre Dame. It's a partnership 200 years in the making. But it's not just because we're Irish. It's bigger than that. We're champions because we play like underdogs. We will surprise you. You think our beer looks heavy? But take a sip, and it's light and smooth. Who pioneered the forward pass? The fighting Irish. Who created nitro beer? The brewing Irish. Here's to a future with the wind at our backs. The Irish are coming, and everyone's invited. The new Tour World 757 line from Honma. It's innovation in your hands. It's pure power in your swing. It's Honma tradition meets high-tech. Unrelenting research and development and laser focus on performance puts TW757 in the top of today's club design. We've led the industry in carbon technology without sacrificing tradition. TW757's carbon slot technology delivers unmatched force at impact. Then, ultra-high speed. When you seek cutting-edge innovation with a direct link to performance, swathed in Honma's legendary Japanese craftsmanship, the answer is Tour World 757. Hi, we're back. Thank you very much for staying with us. Um, our very special guest today is Varada Nirapath Pongporn, who is one of the leading players from Thailand to join the LPGA and has been a, a pioneering trailblazer in women's golf in Thailand. So Varada, um, we were chatting a little bit about what had been happening on the LPGA for you and things like that. Let me ask you this right at the moment before we get into this uh, background, your background in golf. It's been uh, almost, what, almost 20 years since you first started to play on the LPGA? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, wasn't trying to. <laughs> that, oh, my. <laughs> that sounds, makes me sound really, really old. But yeah, 2006 was my rookie year on the LPGA. Yeah. So it's almost been 20 years. Now that you look back on it, I mean, now that you look at golf today, um, you were one of the earlier, you were one of the earliest players. And as you mentioned, uh, the first player to have full card status on the LPGA from Thailand. Uh, and we just mentioned a little bit about the twin sisters and Ari and Nari who, uh, played on the LPGA a bit as well. Since then, you've also had more Thai players coming to play on the LPGA. Forgive me. I can't recall. I can't, uh, be sure if I'm saying her name right, but, uh, I believe she goes by Wayne. Juan? 
Wen. Yeah, okay, Wen. Yes, yes. Pornanong, Pornanong Pet Lump. Yes. Mm-hmm. She's really one of the, the she, not really, she's the first one to really find uh, stable success on the, the LPJ. She's kept her card all these years. Um, so I think her success really sparks uh, inspirations to the, the the generations like the area and, and Moria and then obviously Mo and May's success further sparks inspiration to the the, the next generations like the the Ataya Titipul the Paddy so so and so we're it's been a nice cycle yeah. right right and I was gonna say I talk with a lot of the uh, people who follow the LPGA and some of the reporters and some of the analysts. And one of the things that everybody has been saying for the last five years is that Thailand is the next real big hotbed of women's golf. <laughs> it's nice to hear that. It's nice to hear that. But um, I, I think, I think, I hope we're uh, they're right. Um, we're still behind Korea for sure. They have so many um, new golfers um, and so many more golfers than we do. Um, but I think we're we're not doing too shabby. Um, compared to them because we we have maybe about you know some over 10 players and but what but they're all pretty competitive present time now you've got a lot of Thai players who are very competitive Ataya mm-hmm. uh, is currently in the top 10 ranking Patty was in the top 10 and she's in the top 20 as well area uh, I believe was a number one for a certain period of time and she's been very competitive in the top 10 and a double major winner as well Moria has been competitive, you know, her entire career on the LPGA and has been playing quite well, and she's won on the LPGA. Uh, but of course, as you had mentioned, we go back to look at Pornanong. She was kind of the bridge between yourselves as the early players on the tour, and she bridged it to where uh, the Jutanyagarn sisters came on, and now you have more Thai players. What do you think happened in that transition to see women's golf in Thailand become that much more popular so that they are competitive on the LPGA. Is there anything you could point to or would point to? The first thing that comes to mind is that Honda LPGA event that came to Thailand in 2006. Um, I think going back to what you were, were saying, you know, all these successes in steps, me, Pornanong, the area, the Jutanagan sister, the and then Patty, Atia, you know, it happens in steps. You know, uh, for me to finally reach the LPGA um, as a full card member, that gave uh, the, the next generation's belief that hey, now we have a Thai player on tour where there wasn't anybody on, from Thailand on tour before, so it can it's possible okay so that possibility is you know playing in their mind that okay one day i want to be there and then so pornanong um was playing was starting i remember she did play in that 2006 uh, honda lpga which okay now i have to thank the the channel seven people um who brought uh the um, an lpga event to thailand for the first time um, it really brings an international stage to, to us locally. So, you know, instead of 
seeing all these world-class players on the TV, they're here playing in Thailand. So I think junior players like Hornanong at the time, I think she must have been only maybe 15 or 16. She got a chance to play and she got a chance to see, you know, on the driving range in the locker room, all these players that she saw on TV. So she then, after that tournament, I'm sure she got a lot of um, inspirations and then she went and worked on herself and finally came back a few years later and got her own card. And then the Honda LPGA continue years after years until now they're still, they're still here in Thailand and every year it's so popular. And like I said, I think it's, it's that bringing, bridging the world to us, making us um, believe that it is possible that we can play alongside these, these world players that we see on TV. And then um, when we see successes from Mo and May and Patty and Jean, um, the next generations of, you know, the seven, eight-year-old girls are now saying, oh, I want to do that too. And it's nice to see the way it's, it's grown. And um, I think you hit the nail on the head with regards to having the Honda LPGA Thailand Classic every year as being a, a catalyst for developing golf. And that just got me thinking a little bit about how important those types of events are to growing the sport. In my it, when when it first came in two thousand six, pretty much I mean everybody no, no Thai players could compete really, um, but over the years we did you know we 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 did compete more and more and then finally we had a Thai winner uh, last year I think in area took ten took over ten years. <laughs> well, and she came very close one time as well uh, a couple of years earlier and and. Uh, to see her win it a couple of years ago was just the tears of relief and happiness to to finally win at home. Yeah, it was very touching, very yes. touching. Uh, and I think that was the year that uh, Ataya mm-hmm. finished second. Yes. <laughs> and I think, uh, if I remember correctly, this is off the top of my head, but I think Patty was also had a top 10. Yeah, for- I think she was leading maybe the first uh, couple of days, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So it was... An incredible uh, demonstration of Thai golf in its home country. Verata, can you share a little bit with us how you came to play golf? I mean, how did you first get introduced to the sport? Oh, sure. Uh, my father, who was a general surgeon, a doctor, uh, loved the sport. And so he introduced the game to my mother, my brother, and me was the last one to take up the sport at eight years old. Um uh, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't hooked right away. I was a swimmer at the time. And you can imagine it was more fun for a young girl to be swimming in a you know, nice, cool pool rather than sweating on the golf course for hours. Um, so I must admit, I wasn't hooked right away until... Until one day, my brother uh, came home with a third place trophy. Um, and I was like, oh, I want a trophy too. You know, you, you swim so hard and all you get is small medals. And then here, my brother finished third and he got this big trophy. So I said, dad, train me. I want to win trophies too. So that was the end of the, the how I started. Um, so, yeah, I pretty much, uh, it took me about two years until I 
entered the first um, competition at 10 years old. And I think I won right away. <laughs> Not I, I was okay, but there weren't that many girls competing. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, I won. And then I think we only had maybe three big events a year. Um, that's it, three. And nowadays, if you look into the, the, the kids' golf schedule, I mean, there's maybe three events in one week. So they have to pick and choose now. So we've gone, we've grown so much from, from those um, some 30 years ago. Um, so I pretty much won, you know, all my age group uh, competitions in, in that, those first three years um, of, of me playing golf. And um, when I was about 13, um, Let Better Academy came to Thailand. And I took some lessons there. And that's where I met Mr. Steve Wachowski, uh, who was the, the golf instructor, uh, head director. Yeah. And he he introduced me to the, the Ledbetter Academy in Bradenton, which is now called the IMG Academy. Um, also, when I was about 13, I started competing um, more internationally. Um, so I, I was on the national team. So I got to play with players from Singapore, Malaysia, who were older than me. They were 17, 18, 19 years old who, who came back from the U.S. colleges. And they talked my dad into um, finding the, the opportunities uh, about U.S. college and getting scholarships. And that's how I started moving to the IMG or the Ledbetter Academy in, in Florida when I was 15 and a half. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, um, you were fairly successful. I mean, you talked about wanting to win trophies, so you were fairly successful in your career, particularly your amateur career. Um, you go to Duke university, you have that incredible season. You're the NCAA individual champion. Your team wins the team competition. And in doing so, uh, you beat, uh, Arizona. I believe it was the university of Arizona not Arizona State, University of Arizona. And in doing so, in winning the individual, you managed to play several strokes ahead of the number two player who happened to be Lorena Ochoa. <laughs> yes, that was... Uh, uh -huh. Now you come to the very next year and you are the U.S. Women's Amateur Champion. So you had quite that wonderful stretch of golf. I mean, what do you think now when you look back on it? What do I think about that? That stretch of golf? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think now when you look back on it and say, wow, you know, do you, do you still have a sense of amazement at how wonderful those two years were or, or what do you think now? Yeah. You know, those were, like you said, it was a really good stretch of golf and I really played against um, the, some of the best players um, ever in, in this, uh, you know, uh, golf history like Lorena and I learned a lot um, as a golfer as a person um, that if you believed in something you, you have a good chance of achieving it um, especially at that uh, U.S. amateur I remember uh, it was my third U.S. amateur experience the first two 
I wasn't really familiar with match play because growing up in Thailand, we always played stroke plays. So it did. I, I did take some some learning curve um, during those first two years uh, at the U.S. Amateur. I got to the the quarterfinals, I believe, in the first two seasons of U.S. Amateur, and I lost out of I lost in the quarterfinals just because I was tired physically, mentally. I didn't really pace myself well, and then. On that second year, after I lost, uh, I remember it, the weather was bad. It was raining. Um, my dad went back to the house we were we we rented and and started packing. And I said, "Dad, let's not leave. I want to go back and and watch the semifinals and the finals tomorrow." I said, "Why?" I, he said, "Why?" I said, "Because I want the in. I haven't been there. You know, last year, the first year I lost in the quarterfinals. I left." This year, I lost in the quarter quarterfinals. I don't want to leave. I want to be. I want to walk along the ropes and see what it feels like to be in the semifinals, in the finals. Uh, because next year I'll be there. I told my father, <laughs> and he's like, "All right, it's raining though." And I said, "I said you stay here. I'll go." So I went out and watched them play in the rain in the semifinals, and then the next day I also watched the finals, and I felt like, "Oh, I can do this next year." <laughs> and so the following year, uh, yes, I when I we we first registered uh, the the beginning of the week, and we I walked right by that beautiful trophy, um, and somehow in my heart I was saying, I want to bring this trophy home, <laughs> and somehow I mean that belief, like I was saying, um, if you think that. You're as good as anybody in this field. You just have that extra strength, you know. That hey, I want that trophy. No one's gonna get um, in my way, <laughs> and and that that's my whole attitude um, the entire week. And it's hard to come by, you know, uh, feelings like that. But when you do, it's it's fun. <laughs> Did your father remember what you had said to him the year before? I'm sure. Uh, he, he he passed away uh, some years ago, uh, seventeen years now. But I'm sure that was one of the proudest moments uh, that he had. That his daughter was, you know, strong in in her own thoughts. That that she she knows what she wants. Um, I think I think he passed peacefully, knowing that his daughter's going to be okay. <laughs> Verada, you were kind of a, well. You weren't kind of. You were one of the leaders of that Duke team. And able to rally the other players and, and kind of being a bit of a go-to player that the others wanted to play for, I guess, is the best way of saying. Did you find that that, that was an experience playing college golf was such a good experience for you that you really grew a lot as an individual and as a player as well? Yeah, absolutely. Four years of, of, uh, grooming myself, of being in a team environment, of studying, um, fighting through, you know, some nights are hard. I have to stay up and, and catch up on my work. The next day I have to wake up early and practice. You know, I have to do laundry. Up. So it was good a good four years of, of preparing myself to be ready um, after graduation to be on my own anywhere in the world 
Um, so I don't regret at all the four years and I would encourage anybody um, if they have a chance to play college golf um, that they, they do take that, that chance. Now, one of the things I've noticed, and I'm sure you have too, is some of the tie players that have come afterwards have been able to jump right into professional golf in their teenage years. And specifically looking at somebody like Ataya and Moria and Aria before them. What advice would you give to some of the players now as to understanding or knowing the difference as to when they should be looking at playing professional or knowing when they should take that little bit of time to develop as individuals and people with college golf? Is it, is there any way to tell, or is it just kind of an individual having to make that decision for themselves as to what's yeah, best? Yeah, I think that's the thing. I, I, It's very difficult to make that call for anybody. I think even, even if it's your own child, um, you as a parent, I think it would take a lot of gut to, to say, all right, let's drop the education and jump right into the professionals. Um, my dad, my parents, um, because they, they, they are both doctors. Um, so they education is high on their priority. So for me, it was never a question of not finishing college. Um, well, it was a question whether I would finish, but it was a small question. It wasn't like really playing on my mind, but going to college, even one, two years was never a question um, for me. And my dad really was really glad that I, that I finished. Um, but like, I said, I think it's a very difficult call to make. Justin Rose jumped right after his success um, at the British Open, 17 years old. He jumped right into the professional ranks and he struggled for so many years and we thought that he was done. Um, and finally, I mean, good for him. He he found his way back to the world number one. And but we we have we have not heard about stories like Justin who have just you know, pretty much went downhill after professional. So all we see is the success stories, you know, like Aria, Moria, Atia, but we don't see the unsuccessful stories. So it's really, I, I, I can't make that call for anybody whether to go straight to professional ranks. Unless I would tell, because I have parents asking me the same question, and I would tell them, what I would tell them is that if your kid is really, really good, okay, exceptional and not great in school. So these are the only combinations that would, would make someone skip college. But if they're uh, good, pretty good, in golf and good in school too i mean okay in school i think you should at least try college like like patty she tried for two years and i think she's thankful for that right and she's mentioned that too in some of her interviews with us in the uh, media tents about how much she appreciated those two years at ucla and being able to grow as a person and and develop maturity to to tackle everything that she's faced in professional golf because the as you pointed out Right off the bat in our interview today, the adjustment is enormous. Just being able to put your schedule together and, and, you know, everything's by yourself, for yourself, and having to just travel everywhere, living out of suitcases, planning your schedules, getting all the events down. On all, all of that, 
all the physical exhaustion on top of a mental taxing, you know, golf. It's 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 a lot for someone um, on the professional levels, and that's why they they are called professionals because they are able to, you know, take on all of these. How important was the Duke University program to you? I mean, would you say that that uh, was top notch and helped prepare you really, really well? Yeah, I really enjoy my team, my coach Dan Brooks, um, and all of our experiences together in the van traveling. Um, I and the friendships that I have um, still today. I've got friends in the U.S., in Switzerland, in Brazil, in Sweden. Um, these just can't be bought. Verada, you're in a stage in life now. When you look back, well, you can look at golf now because uh, where you are at. Uh, how much has golf in Thailand changed from when you were a junior and you were looking to play elite golf? How much has it changed in Thailand? How has the sport grown and developed so that the younger players can receive the coaching and the training and the playing opportunities and be able to move on into professional golf? Um, well, okay. It's got many dimensions to this questions. Um, obviously we all over the world, we all have evolved um, because of the improvement in technologies, you know, and that comes along with coaching, nutrition, the knowledge that we have uh, know, come to know uh, is help us evolved um, and got and improved as uh, as a whole. Um, Thailand also has uh, benefits like that as well, um, and the golf courses have improved uh, to a a more international standards and. Uh, we can now host events that are world-class. And if we go back to what I was saying about the Honda LPGA bringing that event to Thailand, how beneficial that has been, I think we're now capable of bringing stages like that to Thailand. And and look what one event has done to, to our women's golf. And if we can have more world-class events in Thailand, um, bridging that gap between seeing it on TV and bring it live to Thailand. I think it's only going to help grow our, our, our golf populations. Um, as far as number of golfers, uh, golf populations, I'm not sure. I don't know the stats, but, but what we're seeing, the success um, from on the professional levels, I think we have gone tenfold and more. And I guess on the men's side too, I was going to say uh, a, a bit of a shout out to, and forgive, and I hope he forgives me if I don't get his name quite right, uh, Pong Chai JD. Mm. He's like the Pornanong of of the the man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> played Asian tour. He played on the uh, European tour, and now he's on the senior tour. Mm. And he just recently won. Um, so that that shows. Uh, the next generations of Thai boys that, Hey, I can do, I can go to the PGA. And if I get old too old, I can play on the senior tour and win. <laughs> right. Right. And well, yes. And coming up after him, you have, um, Kiradesh. Kiradet. Kiradet. Yeah. Jazz. And the next one coming up after him is jazz. 
and Jane Watananon. And then we have Sadom. We have Gandharan Gun. Oh, we have so many coming up. But I, I think to me, uh, my personal opinion is that I think it's still easier for girls to to compete because of physically, I think uh, guys are uh, the physical part is more um, important. I mean, it it, it plays a, a better a, a bigger role, I think. Yeah. Physically. Well, the Thai players now are incredible. I was going to say the Thai players now, though, on the women's game are, I mean, you just look at Patty and her driving distance, especially when she won at the ANA. I mean, she led the field in driving. I mean, she was pounding a few of those over 300 yards total distance. And, 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 a, and a Thai is no slouch and Padgery's no slouch. And you look at, um, area who doesn't even use a driver when she plays. <laughs> She's using her sometimes three wood, but mostly a driving iron off the tee. So, so yeah, I guess the physical side of it has um, now become more more of a factor, also on the women's side. Yeah, yeah, and and a lot of the Thai players are right there at the leading edge of it because of, as you saying, the development in the game, the science, the nutrition, the training, and things like that, and and. Uh, I, I would also say the quality of coaching's probably really, really improved mm. a lot in Thailand just mm-hmm. to produce so many wonderful players. Yes. Um, Verada, you kind of mentioned your son oh. a little bit. What would you do if your son, when he gets a little bit older, tells you that he wants to play golf and he wants to be a professional too? What What kind of thought process would you have around that? Well, hey, if he comes and tells me Mom, I want to work hard at this game. I want to be a professional. If he says that, I would not stop him. But it, it has really come from him. Um, I obviously I would fully support. I, I've been there myself, so I know what it takes. Um, but at his, by the time comes for him, it will be even more difficult. I think you know. I for me, it the tour got more difficult each year and each year the the cut score was reduced two strokes every every new season so you can imagine by the time my son is 20 20 years old i mean it would be minus 15 <laughs> to make the cut no i'm just kidding but anyway it will be really difficult um um but uh i would tell him that you will have to work hard. Not, nothing will be given to you. You Nothing is entitled to you. Um, two, I would tell him nothing is, is forever. You know, tomorrow's a new day. Even if you find success today, tomorrow's a new day. If you're having a hard time, tomorrow is a new day. Um, it, it's something that I, I think struggle with um, when I when I was playing myself, you know, I, I take everything in so much and I, I, you know, I hold it, you know, instead of letting it go. I think this is um, something I need to teach my son that, all right. And, and it's more, it's coming from the, the Buddhist teaching that nothing is forever. You know, every, everything is changing. So you got to keep changing with it and not taking anything um, for granted that it's going to always be there. So, and lastly, enjoy, enjoy all 
even the good things, even the challenges, um, you find the the good in in everything. Right. Well, you will though introduce him to the sport to little. Of course. I mean, I've already taken him to the driving range. Let's have one little playful question here before we wrap up, Verata. Okay. If you had an endless supply of money and you were in charge of golf development for Thailand, what would your dream setup be? What, where would you spend all that money? Wow, that's so exciting. Endless supply of money. <laughs> I would build a, a playground that is a golf course. Um, you know, and that, I'm, I'm just sitting here in my condo and I look out and all I see is concrete, you know, buildings after buildings. I would love to see fields of greens and kids playing golf, running, you know, some kids may be too young. So they, they hit one, they walk, they run after the ball and hit another, um, obviously this place would have to be huge to, to accommodate that, but it would be nice to have a kid's playground, um, as a golf course. And so they can start learning and even families can come and enjoy the time. And cause it's, I think for in Thailand right now, it's, it's hard for kids to, um, they can start learning on the range, but it's hard for them to start learning on the course. Because um, the golf court is for adults and you have to take a caddy and um, you can hardly play nine holes, especially on, on weekends where kids are off school. You, the, the caddies don't want to just go out for nine holes. You know, They want to do the whole 18. The courses are built for adults. So I think it's hard for young kids like you know, five to 10 years old to really enjoy and have the, the real opportunity to to learn on the golf course. Wow, that's a fantastic idea. Wonderful concept. And I could see you being uh, in charge of the programming, getting all the kids involved in the play dates. And Yeah, but that would have to come with endless amount of money. <laughs> well, Veretta, uh, we're at the end of our show right now. Oh, so, so sad. <laughs> I know, there's so much... Uh, I, I, I'm so surprised at how fast time has gone by and yeah. uh, really enjoying this conversation with you. I mean, incredibly delightful person and very insightful and love your enthusiasm for golf. I mean, it, it's been a really nice breakaway from my usual daily uh, shore with my, with my son. It's since COVID and since having my son, um, it's, Social interactions have been a little bit limited, I must say. So th this is this is nice and refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad we could accommodate and help out in that respect. Then, well, thank you so much. And uh, it sounds like you're in a absolutely fantastic spot right now. <laughs> yes, thank you so much for having me. That's going to be our show today, folks. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day. Bye bye. Thank you. You have been listening to our podcast show, We're Talking Golf, produced by the World of Golf. This episode was recorded on Sunday, July 10th, 2022. If you have an idea for a future show, please send us an email to info at worldofgolf.org. Please include podcast show in the subject line. This show is the copyright of the World of Golf. 
Thank you for joining us. Good night.